some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I don't know. You have to have a favorite. What comes to mind? Um, Halloween. You know, the one with the guy in the white mask who walks around and stalks babysitters? I'm Shara. I'm Ollie. And we are Creeping It in the Family, a podcast where we dish details about all things horror. Episode 45. Episode 45. The Belko Experiment. Yep, this was yours this week. Good film. It was a good it's film. It's the first time I think, I've I've, I've seen quite a lot of uh, like videos on it, but I've never watched a film mm-hmm. all the way from start to finish, and I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think I must have missed, like, I think it was sort of a film I put on in the background when I was watching something, or doing something else. And I didn't really pay a lot of attention to it, but when I actually watched it, it was really good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was. A, it was a good film. Okay, let's get into it. Let's go. So we started with the opening. So they are in. I'm probably going to butcher this name. Bogota in Colombia, and that's where it's set in. And we just meet this random guy who's just driving. They're all just driving to work. It's, yeah. You know, it's an ordinary day. It's nothing. It's this. So the the idea of the Belco company. It, it's like a big government building, um, and there's you find out later on in the film there's quite a few in loads of different countries. Uh, and I, yeah, and I'm not I'm not sure what the role of it is. I think it's just it's just, is it to do with something like trades? Like yeah, from, it, they said, but he says later on he's like they don't care what work we did. Like they they just settled on mindless tasks. Like it, the main thing that they were there for a psychological experiment. They yeah. weren't there to work. But it's set in this very. I don't know if Columbia is a third world country, but it's set in like a very third like world sl- country looks setting. Quite slums, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's really run down. It looks like quite a poor mm. area, very yeah. poor area. But, but then, then you've got this massive this, metal, yeah, this massive shiny, very American looking offi- office right, building. Yeah, right. Well, it's it's to the side, isn't it? Yeah. It's not in the middle of, but yeah, it's yeah, in the middle of nowhere, well out, nowhere. well out the way. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy gets confronted by a guy who's selling corn on the cob dolls and that comes into play a little bit later because it's part of my fun facts so i just thought i'd make sure that was mentioned now there's something different about today so they're all queuing up in a line to get in and it looks like a bomb threat because they've got all the it looks like they've got a SWAT team out yeah but i was quite i was quite surprised that um they didn't ask for any credentials or anything like these guys were clearly not here before yeah the, there was essentially that they the looked very you're right it looked like a SWAT team but you could tell it was like a, a private military yeah. group it didn't it was there wasn't wearing US army uniforms or like surely the first thing you'd do is ask for credentials I mean you probably would have been killed for it yeah but... it was very much like a, a private militia that they were very armed they looked very serious like they yeah didn't, no cracking jokes yeah no or... cracking jokes no facial expressions and they were sending all the locals home so all the locals from Columbia that worked in that building was being sent home that day and it was only the Americans, well, not necessarily just the Americans, but basically the locals weren't allowed to come in that day. Yeah, they it was the sent, international were people home, that yeah. were allowed to stay. So what I liked about this film, minus Wendell in something, I can't quite, can't quite remember what I've seen Wendell in. I've not actually seen any of these actors in anything noteworthy, yeah. whether it's just due to my ignorance or the fact that they weren't as well known before this movie came out but it made it a lot more real for me i sort of forgot that i was in a film at yeah. some point because these if they'd have had like johnny depp meryl streep i don't know 
God knows whoever, Pete Vera Famiga, uh, Patrick Wilson, if they'd have had those sort of people in it, I think it would have been very grounded towards the fact that it was a film. But because these people were relatively unknown, it was sort of like you were watching real people react to situations, and I liked that. Yeah, the film the film doesn't take it too serious. The, there are some parts in it where I feel it's very forced comedy, and it's very, like, you just wouldn't come out like crack a joke in this situation, but then a no. lot of it is... But it is. It does so well on, like you said, because they're not massively named actors. The they really do hold their own in the sense where the, the characters are believable. It's like exceptionally the, the way, realistic. The way that they act, it, the continuity between each character sticks out throughout the film. So, a character like Keith, for example, this mm. little shy, timid like guy. Yeah, throughout the whole film, he, he kind of st- and his decisions reflect how a person like that would act. Yeah. It's not like. This type, shy, timid, scared guy all of a sudden Something becomes a hero, hero, yeah, and he don't give a fuck and he's out on, on the prowl. It, the, the characters stick to what, what you'd expect them to be from what you learn from them. Yeah, so we then we get a little bit of office sort of like banter and office workplace thing, and I it looks like a really nice place to work. Everybody yeah. seems like they care about one another. Everybody seems to be friends. We do see that there's like this Wendell who's quite a creepy yeah. individual. Good character. Good was, character. He's a dickhead, but... But it, he's a dickhead. It, I, I, I was compa- not comparing him, but when we've reviewed films like Friday the 13th and things like that, and a lot of horror films, I think they're in pretty much all of them, where there's that, like, for example, the stereotypical boyfriend who's just a massive arsehole, but there's no yeah. depth behind it. You don't feel like the person playing that character is really embracing it. You just think the lines he's been given make him seem like a dick, like mm. treats his girlfriend like shit. But the way Wendell acts, and even the way, like, he's his body language and the way he looks at people, you really do think yeah. that he's a, he's a little fucker from the start. I've seen him in something. He's the only one who I've seen something of, and I don't know what it is, and I can't remember what I've seen nice, him in. by the way. Thank you. I've just had my hair done. Um, but, yeah, it look, it, he's the only one I know in it, but he's so good in his role that he actually... It doesn't matter that I've seen him in something before because I was automatically drawn to his character as a as a yeah. person. Like I was automatically interested. And he does prove to be a bit of an arsehole. So he's staring at, I believe it's Leandra or Leandra, something like that. He's staring at her in the office and sends her like this email. And she sends one back like normally when you get caught staring, people uh, look away. And so it's clear that he's, 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 like the, of, he's the office pervert. Yeah, he's, really. he's a weirdo. Yeah, and he is weird. But we also that also sets us up for Mike and Leandra being in a relationship. So it's a fairly new relationship. They're not... They've only been seeing each other a couple of months, really, because she's recently divorced. Which, in later part of the film, I feel like the the light-hearted, not-so-serious relationship they're in at the start, for a lot of the film, it kind of shows that. And I like that. But like, I like that, but then there's other parts where it seems like they've been married for 50 years. Yeah. And it, it's like life and, and death. And he tells like, her he loves till, her. And it's yeah, like... till death does part. And you think you haven't really... There wasn't that much depth in the relationship at the start, so where's it all suddenly coming from? Yeah. It would have been quite... Because everybody gets on so much in terms of, like, the office itself. It might have been good to have them recently have split. Because then it would have been a little bit more interesting. We could have said there would have been a recent split, and so they were together a long time. But then they've had this split up, but then the sort of that situation brings them back together. That made a, maybe make a little bit more sense. But... I'm not I'm not picking holes with it because it was alright. It yeah, held it, up for most of the film. Yeah, I agree. 
So it seems really cool and everybody's friends with each other. But then a voice on the intercom comes in. Which they didn't even know they had an intercom. Yeah, they didn't know they had an intercom at all. And it basically says, there's 80 of you in this building. By the end of the day, most of you will be dead. And they have to fulfill these certain tasks in order to make sure that basically they all stay as safe as they can be. So the first task is to kill any two people in the building. Doesn't matter how they killed, doesn't matter why they killed or what reason you have, but they have to be killed. And then everything starts getting boarded up with heavy metal shutters. Yeah, see, and, and a lot of them, so the next, like, I'd say, five minutes is like a like a differential between these people who are just like, it's a joke, like, yeah. it's an experiment. The, the, how do you think you... I've got a question. At what point do you think you'd believe that what's happening is real? I could honestly say it's probably when them first two people get, get their heads. Yeah, I would say the same. I would think it'd be somebody just playing a joke. Because that's so out of the ordinary. And and like they said, when the shutters came up and stuff, they were saying it might be a bomb threat because they are in a... Without, um, like, seeming like I'm judging a book by its cover, but that country does seem like it, it could be quite yeah. run down, not necessarily run by a good government. Um, yeah civilians can have guns and whatever so they they initially think it might be a bomb threat or like there's an attack on the building which they do think of yeah and it's originally. it's important to say as well that um because there's a scene i think we've i think yeah we have got just gone past it because it's so quick and you don't think it's that important until you you learn what's inside but they're, they're taking on a new employee danny who I, I wasn't keen on yeah and the one in the conversation between I'm guessing it's like the HR representative or something of the of the office. Yeah. Is like welcoming in and saying, How did the chip go? So basically for they say it's for in brackets safety reasons. In case the kidnap because there's a high rating of kidnapping. Yeah, they, they get a chip inserted into the it's it looked like some sort of operation procedure. Only a very small one, but a chip got inserted deep into the back of the head. Well it's the, just like microchip in a an animal, you don't yeah, even and, need and to it's be to say because of like the militias and that that run these these parts. In case of a kidnap or anything, you can be tracked at all times. When in fact, it's a it's essentially a tiny mm. little bomb. It's this little metal bead, isn't it? That explodes, yeah, it's tiny. and that's throughout the film. That's how they, um, if if they don't fulfil tasks, the way that they'll take it into their own hands and randomly select people to kill by flicking yeah. a switch and that bomb exploding in the head. Mad. Would you get that chip? I, I, uh, well, I'm getting the COVID vaccine, so I may as well be. Oh no. God. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. I, I I think you'd have to seriously, seriously question it, and I'd I'd want to see like exactly how it works because that that is a scary concept. Yeah. Someone having a microchip on you and, and you being even it's, even yeah. if that was true and being tracked at all times, you don't want to be tracked at all times, regardless. But I don't know. Maybe in a company like that, you'd have, you just thought the job would have had to have been paid well to be out there because I wouldn't want to take my family over there. And at the same no. time, unless it's unless it's good money, I'm not going to be want to be sat in a fucking in an office block in, in those types of conditions. See, this is what, like, you know, I don't believe that we have tracking information in vaccines and stuff like that. And But I do believe that there's something tracking our phones and things like that. Oh, that, oh yeah, I don't doubt for a second. Like, yeah, my, my... so actually, when you think about it, is it, because we take our phones everywhere, like, mine's always glued yeah. to me. But, you know, and, and that's probably tracking it's weird that me immediately. your phone's further than your car. Yeah. But yeah, yeah when I mad. when I got my PlayStation, like you get a warning straight away because it's the first time I've ever owned one, and it says like anything that you say or if we feel like you're, I can't remember exactly what the warning message was, but basically what it means is if you flag up, if one, if so, so say if I was having a conversation on PlayStation with someone and I mentioned the word, I don't know, terrorist or bomb or, 
and I just got brought into attention. They can track any voice chat I have with anyone. That they, they can listen into it, and they make that evidently I'd clear. I fucking love that job. They make that clear. I would love. That yeah, but job. you haven't heard fourteen-year-olds in Call of Duty the fucking words that some of them can spurt out. Me used to be in one of them on Modern Warfare Two on Xbox. I used to be used to just chuck out loads of fucking Fuck abuse. So old bloody Xbox tag. That's what I mean. I'd imagine you'd have to be sitting through a lot of nothing to yeah. find something. Oh, I'd find it proper hilarious, though. Oh, God. I, I just to listen com- in it. Just sit in there. I bet they have, like, a staff board up of, like, who said the fucking com- Comment of the week or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> but I would love that. That would be great. But, yeah, I don't... I'd have to really love the job to have been chipped. Yeah, me too. And it'd have to be something I would be able to take out myself, I think. Yeah. Or be able to remove myself. But, anyway. So... Barry, who is the CEO of the company, so he's like big boss guy, when everybody's downstairs and having like conversations and things like that, he's like, look, I think this is a joke. It's somebody's worked out we've got heavy metal shutters. Somebody wants to have a bit of a laugh at our expense. And so they're doing all this to sort of He, he very much funny. takes charge of the situation. He acts, like, he I, I noted it down, he acts like how you'd want your boss to act. He calms everyone down. He takes takes control of the situation. And you think Wendell's going to be quite a good guy as well because he goes up upstairs and grabs water from the canteen and then comes down and he's handing it out to people. But that is showing authority. Like, yeah. that's getting that slight authority there. But I, uh, at this point, I likened... So they, tr- firstly, they try and melt through the barriers with a blowtorch, but it doesn't work. But then... Mike sort of goes against Barry a little bit and he's like, I don't think this is a prank. There's something not right here. Yeah. And this at this point, I think like Barry sort of goes turns into the mayor from Jaws. Like, no, no, it's all right. Yeah. It's all good. We're all fine. And then we learn that the pothead who's at the roof and the, a few I of them are is hilarious. Such a funny character. But he's gone up to the roof and there's quite a few of them. And he says they signed the contract to do whatever the the company wanted yeah. to him like you had to sign through a lot of stuff he was like did you read it through like this is one big psychological test i i really like the potted character because in other films like the, the stoner can be perceived and it's so exaggerated as to mm. like oh yeah man like oh we'll, we'll anybody got monster movie. yeah yeah exactly but he's not he's he doesn't he's not like an idiot he's not like completely gormless but you can say you can tell he's that type of character because later on he starts coming up with all these conspiracies and stuff yeah <laughs> but not overselling it like being like it's not it's, it's just slight yeah, paranoia it's not complete, with the exactly it's it? not completely out the realms of possibility what he's saying but you can tell he's someone who smokes <laughs> weed and what's just conspiracy theories that and then guy just, last night yeah that guy last night at the shop he, he's just one of them people so I really like that they didn't overplay the fact that he was a stoner yeah I like that as well but as he's about to say, you know, it's just, don't worry about it, it's fine, it's just a psychological test, blah, blah, blah. The girl, and it looks like, because they're up on the roof, it looks like she got shot and her head just explodes and, like, the blood goes all over him and it freaks him out and then we cut to the lobby as well and people start getting shot in the lobby but we learn it's not actually them being shot, it's the chips exploding in the back of their head. Which the boss figures out because he, he, he inspects the bodies and you can see that whatever killed them it obviously when you shoot someone a bullet enters yeah enters the body whereas this the explosion you could out. tell yeah the way the flesh was hanging it had come out of the body and he he quickly understands that it's the it's the pellets or the the the, the sensors or the trackers that was put in the heads i don't think i'd have noticed that though uh, well his special force is trained isn't yeah, he? yeah so He's, he would know and i i don't think it was just it wasn't just army i think it was special forces which is yeah. like your sas your um there's like a Marines one, I can't remember what it's called. 
But anyway, it's like special royal service. Yeah, it, it's like not just your average um, frontline soldier. It, they they always go their training's extra 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 special, extra hard to get through. Yeah. So he would have been trained to to probably identify. Like, yeah, that. like medically trained and be able to see what what it was that had done it. Yeah, and I uh, I I like that, and I like that it's not beyond the point of call that somebody that somebody would come from the special forces to this job and i like the development that it's not just he automatically knows it like we do get a little bit of information like it's he was quite in hidden special isn't forces. it because he, he kicks it's off at the guy who reveals it yeah someone reveals it later on and you, you can tell he's not happy with the fact that it, that's been announced yeah and it gives him it gives him an advantage that it's not so out of the realms that it, just because he's the boss he's got more advantage than anybody else like there is a reason why he but that but then when you find out about him being in the special forces it is good because you like it makes sense as to why he's in these situations is calming everyone down yeah. because he's been trained to be calm and composed in the most terrifying situations you could possibly face in life so yeah it, it makes sense it was a nice touch i liked that they gave him that, that that's what they assigned him to in a past life because it made a lot more sense to his character as to why he acts the way he does yeah and i think I mean, Mike completely flips out and he runs into the kitchen and grabs... This scene pisses me off. Yeah, but yeah, I'll explain it after. So okay. yeah, he gets... So he runs into the kitchen and he grabs hold of like a little cardboard knife thing that was left. Because I'm presuming... This is what I don't get. Like, why is he struggling to find knives? But then later on in the next scene, there's knives all held up on the metal side. I noticed that earlier. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe you could say because he didn't want to use a fucking kitchen knife because yeah, it's too big. But... That, in that moment of panic, I won't be thinking, hmm, what, what knife Which should knife I pick? Like you'd pick a knife but Yeah, you'd, you'd just grab a knife. But he runs into the bathroom and locks it and then starts cutting the back of his neck open, because, well, back of his head open because he wants to get out the microchip, essentially. Yeah. And go on then, why does it piss you off? Well, th well then a, a voice comes on the tannoy and says, um, it calls him out by name and says, put like, they use a special word, they use it a few times. Desist. Desist what you're doing or we'll, we'll set your chip off and blow him up. Give him a countdown, and he stops and comes out the bathroom. But so when when um, Barry says that it's come from the inside, uh, Mike gets a it is Mike, and yeah, yeah, Mike gets a little inkling that fucking hell, it's a microchips are putting us. And there's like a a minute scene where he's sprinting and he's what's his missus called again? Leandra. Leandra's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like people are gathering around because he's panicking. Like what are you doing? What are you doing? He locks himself in the bathroom and starts doing it. And I just thought, fucking say to someone, it's the microchip. Why are you not saying anything to anyone? Yeah, because... I, yeah, I, I get maybe when the big group of people's around because he, he don't trust anyone, mm. but at least Leandra would be like, it's the fucking microchips. And if he truly believes it at this point, which he does because he starts cutting his head open, yeah. you're going to grab your fucking missus and get it out of her as well. You're not going to... Do you know what I mean? If he's yeah, panicking why, and wants why it Why didn't they just do it to one another? Exa exactly. It, ju it just seems to be a bit frustrating. Like, why is he not communicating with anyone? And it's the not, thing not is massive, as well, but I just thought... The thing is as well, like, people... if I, I mean, it's it's pure seconds because he does leave the bathroom in the end at, when the time is about to run out. But if they'd have flicked the switch and blown his head up, he would have died with that information and nobody else would have known about it. Yeah, so, exactly. Selfish. But... He's, he's sort of, he's there for everybody else, isn't he? So then Wendell thinks, makes there's like a little awkward scene between Wendell and Leandra and he's talking about the idea uh, she's giving him mixed messages. Yeah. And then, oh God, it, it's a bit rapey, isn't it? It is, and it, you've got to be a special type of cunt to hit on someone during these times. But that I think that adds to the character that he is that he's, he's just so sexually... Um, 
drive. Like, yeah. oh, he's not bothered about. He's still trying it even in these times. And the way that that response you could argue is, especially during these times, is like how in in a brief. Obviously, not all men think like this, but men, they think that they're all like someone's always trying some of them. Someone's always looking at them the right way that inclines yeah. it. Oh, you're putting it on me first. And it just gives you that bit of inside that mm. thinks, you know what I mean? Like, fuck it, look at him. He's not an attractive bloke. No, he's not. He's hitting on someone half his age. And you just think, oh. He's stop. way out of his league. Yeah. You just think, oh, you, you're a fucking weirdo. And it, that's why I like to build up his character so that later on in the film, when he meets his demise, you kind of like, yes, yeah, thank fuck for that. It was good. So then the, because they fulfilled the task sort of, now there are, uh, there's another task and it's the next, uh, 30 people dead in two hours or else they will end 60 lives. Yeah. Now this is interesting. So at this point downstairs, Bud and Lonnie are checking the air conditioning because the air conditioning's broken down as well. And Lonnie starts freaking out about the whole situation. And it's really sad because at the beginning I was really rooting for Bud and, and Lonnie because the, they, the, the, they, yeah, it's these, like father and son yeah, sort these, of thing. They're, they're just these two little maintenance guys and they've got a really close bond, which I'd imagine, like, that, that does... That is how things work. Like maintenance guys, they're not involved in the office. They just work together, work closely. Like they'll spend all day, all working day together, like back and forth. And you, you get this at the start. You do get this. Yeah, you, you, get, you get this close bond, like, and you think those two are like separate from the workforce. They've just got each other's back. And then yeah, you're right. He starts turning on him. Yeah, and he accidentally ends up killing him. And this this bit made Jesus, me cringe yeah, a little bit. That it was a so sick he kill. smacks him with a wrench and. Not out of cold blood, he was panicking. No, panic. The, the other guy tried to um, tried to calm him down and was like, put his hand on him. It's all right, but because he went to put his hand on him, boshed him in the head with a spanner. And then he looks up and his head's caved in. Yeah, <laughs> and it, I like how he's like, what's happened? Like he don't because obviously yeah. it's a traumatic brain injury. He doesn't know straight away and he's not dead and yet. He just... but, and then he just falls to the floor and that's him done. And Danny is hiding in the boiler room as well, and she's seen everything. Danny, Danny, can I just say, for me, was such a strange She's a character. very pointless character. Yeah, exactly. She was kind of, I think I put it I put it down here somewhere. They she need was, her yeah, in the, the movie. Yes, but it's, it's kind of like she's there just so that these things can happen. But and then they kill her. Because essentially she hides the whole film. She doesn't. She has barely any dialogue. She, she does a couple of important tasks, but because the character doesn't mean anything, it, she's it's kind of like, yeah it, yeah, it kind of seems like, right, so we need... For example, the scene when they're executing people and you think they need a way out of this. Yeah. We'll just, it's almost like the rope we're in after to make the, the story make sense, which is fair enough. Because if the light's just turned off, you'd be like, oh, what a coincidence. But yeah. Because, oh, we'll just add a character that was hiding down there the whole time and turns them off. That's how I feel she was put in. Yeah, I and agree. Then, and then, but because she was in the film quite a lot and you didn't root for her because you liked her, but you rooted for her because she always seems to be the one who'd get out of the situation. She got... She escaped that other maintenance guy. The she escaped that guy who was rounding people up, rallying them up to take them downstairs. The elevator so shaft. It gave you the impression, the elevator shaft, so it gave you the impression that she was kind the of The final like a, girl. Yeah, like a side survivor, like someone who's going to be there till the end, but you forget about. And then we'll get onto it later, but the death's just such a weak, it pointless death. It is a weak death. But because they've got these dead bodies on the floor now, everybody's sort of realising that this is this is real, this is not fake, and it's turning into some sort of Hunger Games shit. Yeah. Like, so there's one side, so ba I've called it Team Barry and Team Mike. So Team Barry is very much right, we need to think about this logically, we need to start thinking about who's going. Yeah. And Mike's like, no, this isn't happening, we're not going to be turning on each other, what right do you have to decide who lives or dies? And then he plans to go off and make banners 
so that the, somebody can see them from where they are. Yeah, put them on the roof. Yeah. Now, what I found really interesting is my is Leandra here because she's sort of like on the fence. On she, the yeah, fence, she's she... sort of like I can see why, but I'm not being funny. But Leandra is pretty. She's she seems reasonably intelligent. She's got everything going for her, and so maybe by currying favor with Team Barry. It's sort of the idea of, well, I'm not going to be picked off because I'm pretty. So if she was like an ugly, God knows what, yeah. w- would she feel differently? See, I, I, a point I make is, in that situation, where would you put yourself? I wish it was my would you rather this week because this is what the question would have been. Like, which side would you have been on? Because See, this is not my would you rather because I don't know... We can't say how we would react. We can't, but I'd like to... Th- we can't say what how we'd react, but I'd like to think... I'd, if I put myself in that scenario, like I understand Barry's point of view because they're not told that there's only going to yeah. be one survivor. They can assume that, but they don't know that. It just says it's only e- a few will make it out it, alive. Exactly. It's either 30 die or 60 die. And this, this is why... It was that, wasn't it? Th- yeah, 30 die or they'll kill 60. And this is why I think it was so important for them, him, them to make him special forces because... Obviously, it's a touchy subject, but there's absolutely... It's not a secret that in war, civilians die. And different different uh, forces, whether it be um, American, British, German, like a- any type of forces, know that they are going to end up killing civi- innocent civilians. Not as much in today's day and age, or at least not that we see. I'd imagine mm. in like, Iraq and Afghanistan, plenty of civilians die. Yeah. But they know that... They're, Yes, some innocent people are going to have to die, but it's going to be to save the, the mass. Good. Yeah, it's it's looking at a bigger picture. Does that, what is it? Does one sin wipe away all the a, good exactly? Things? So this is how Barry looks at, it. and you see throughout the film, he doesn't enjoy killing these people. He's not taking the only the only time that you, that you think that's unfair is because you know he picks Mike out because Mike pissed him off. Yeah, that's the only time you feel like he wasn't picked at random. Yeah, he tried sorting him into groups, saying. Um, people with kids under 18, elderly, like people over, people 60. over 60. So we tried to do it in a logistic way. And uh, you're right, that this is why the debate comes in. Like, how does he have the right to decide who lives and dies? He doesn't, but he has the right to decide if he wants to live. And if the way he wants to live is by killing on other people, it's their, it's their, it's their responsibility to fight back. Yeah. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I get, I get Mike's point of view. Like. And I think, to be fair, I would probably just say, let's just leave it to chance. Because the, there's a British guy in there who's got kids. Mm, and he ends, Terry. Up, he ends up on Team Barry. But you can tell he hates everything that's happening. Like He hates seeing people yeah. dying. He thinks it's breaking him down. And he says, why don't we just draw people's name out of a hat? Yeah, if like a lottery. If you just... Mm, actually, that, that's probably wrong. I was going to say, if you just let it happen naturally and see who died, then that's that anyway. But then it would only have been 30 that would have had to be drawn out of a hat. Yeah. But... Uh, like, would you just sat there and said, let's just let nature take its course. If I get picked, I get picked. That's unlucky. Or would you be on the side of, no, I don't want to die. I'm, if, it, if it means me having to survive, having to kill other people, then I'm going to ha- I'm gonna do it. I think, honestly, and like speaking frankly and honestly, I think I would have tried the banners yeah. to see if they worked. When they didn't work and it was getting to that point, maybe, maybe with like 40 minutes, 50 minutes left, I'd probably, I'd probably kill. Yeah. Because I'd, I'd, people, you know, you don't want to die. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'd, I'd be switched on by this point to think, because it's important to note that they find cameras in every room and that the, the, there's a hangar outside the building. That's where it's all being run down. Yeah. That's where the control board is. That's where these people who are running this experiment can see into the building and what's happening. 
And it wouldn't take a genius to work out. It doesn't end with 32 people dying. No. There's going to be more. So would you be ahead of the curve and think, right, ultimately I am going to have to end up killing someone. If I'm going to live through this, I'm going to have to end up killing someone. If the best way for me to do that, because essentially they don't even have to do it themselves, just be on Team Barry, let Barry do it, mm. who's obviously Special Forces trained, could very, is probably definitely taken a life before. Maybe not innocent, but he's used to the idea of ending someone else's life. Yeah. So that he... If if you're on his side, you're instantly safer, is what I'm saying. So I don't I don't know where I'd I'd stand with it, but it's it's just it's a no win situation. Yeah. So Barry is still game for killing the like that. That's what that's what team he's going on. He tries to get Terry on side as well by bringing up his family and manages to. So now it's Team Wendell, Barry, and Terry, and then they gain a few more people. Yeah. As they go along, so Matt is paranoia. So the Stonehead is completely taken over here and he's yeah. like it's in the water it's in the water and so he's he's lowering their chances of survival because he's emptying all the water he's out emptying all the he, water he believes out. there's a chemical in there that's making people act in a violent manner when in fact that all it is is survival instinct that's yeah. what it comes down to and team barry end up blowtorching the weapons section because as soon as they start doing the banners like they're like no you need to desist you need to stop now yeah and poor thingy gets shot through the hand yeah they start getting shot at by the, the by the armed, armed yeah. guards and yeah it's important to know that there's a security guard who holds the keys to the armory yeah um to try and get it off him earlier barry barry tries to sweet talk him and gets him a bottle of water and says maybe it's safer if i hold on to him mm. and, and can, do you know the security guard's name can you remember uh no i think i just call him the security guard well well instantly he recognizes it is like no i'll i think i'll keep hold of the keys thanks bearing in mind it's important to note at this point that the security guard is the only one with access to a firearm, but there is an armory with plenty of guns, which is fully locked up, and only the security guard holds a key. Yeah. And when Barry, when what? Not when Barry. When the security guard rejects Barry from getting keys to the armory, you, you get that feeling in your spine, don't you? Where it's like he's just made himself a target. Yeah, he's just. And made then, then yeah, they go onto the blowtorch part, and Mike, uh, what's her name? Le- Leanna. Leandra. Leandra, um, and the security guard show up. Yeah, now Wendell ends up stabbing the guard over the keys in order to get his own way. And Terry is the only one of them that sort of shows remorse about it. Yeah. So they're all like, yep, yeah, we've got the keys, right, let's go down to weapons. And at this point, like, Terry stops and he says to him he's sorry. And he, he's sort of there because he's scared of any other option. And he doesn't want to die. We've skipped, we've skipped past a bit that's forced comedy, by the way. That, that, go on, this was only the really, really big case of it. And it was from a character that wasn't perceived to be funny. He didn't really have much of a role. But when the sonar's pouring out all the water onto the floor and he goes, oh, that's going to get mouldy. It's oh, like, yeah, it's like damp. You, that's what I mean. It's like you're not going to fucking joke about that in that situation. That's when I thought, oh, that, that was just such a one line and not needed. It just didn't fit it. Yeah. But the weapons are now unlocked and they start gathering everybody in the lobby. This was probably my favourite scene in the whole film. Yeah, can I just say as well, when when they're doing the... Um, so when they're trying to get through to the armoury by blowtorching it, uh, Barry says no, uh, not Barry the security guard says no hold his gun up at him and then Mike talks and just says put mm. the gun down don't we're not going to kill anyone yeah and then the next bit they start blowtorching again and Mike shoots the, the tube supplying the gas to the, to the would that not have blown shit up or would it not have been at risk of blowing shit up uh, it would have released gas I don't think it would have blown it up because it was a rubber tube so the bullet wouldn't mm. have created a spark however why did the security guard give Mike the gun he just probably didn't want the authority 
Uh, yeah, but he does because he didn't give Barry the armory at the start. Which True. At, the, at the start, there's no, no one knows of any malicious intent. Barry just says, "I'll keep hold of him for safekeeping." So I, I, I just find it a bit like, why is why is the security guard all of a sudden handed Barry the gun? But then yeah, they go on the stairwell, and uh, what's his face? Wendell stabs the security guard yes. over the keys. It's which by, so which by sad. the way, he does give the keys back. He he says, "Give me the keys," and. The security guards knows he's surrounded, knows that there's no way out, and just drops him down the stairwell, which again, they got back, but just to kind of go fucking but get he, him. Yeah. And he gets stabbed, so Wendell's the first one to kill someone. And Wendell don't give a shit. Yeah, he's, he's the first one to kill unnecessarily. He did it... He it was did out of spite, He did it because he malice. wanted to, yeah. Yeah. So I, this is my favourite scene where they gather everybody in the lobby, and the, the, the serene music that's playing as well... It fits so yeah. well. It's so calm in a non-calm situation yeah and barry and his team are starting to play god so the rules were with the stats so anyone with kids under 18 was asked to step to one side anyone over the age of 60 was stepped uh, stepped forward to the other they were it was going to kill off the six the age 60 and over wasn't it yeah but yeah because they were but older. is that a fair way to do it because it, it, he's not show, he's not showing his cold blooded because he's saying anyone with kids under eighteen this side so he's knowing that kids need the need the parents, need the parents. and then on the other side of the coin is people over sixty have lived the majority of their life now that still doesn't mean they have any less of a right to live but in a situation where people have to die how do you decide which people you die do, and which can't. don't but there was one guy that tried to tell him and he was like look I I give money to my brother every month he's disabled and he's like did I did I ask? It, it reminds me of the Saw Sutra? The carousel when they're on the roundabout and there's a shotgun pointed. There's six of them and only two of them yeah, are going to yeah, live. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're all talking about babies, about ill parents. About, and when push comes to shove and there's a gun pointed at your head and you've got to provide a reason to live, it's like it's like an X Factor audition. Everyone's suddenly got the sob story as to why, yeah. why they need to live. Why didn't you lie? Like this is my question. Like they were all pretty honest about it, weren't they? <coughs> they were just sort of standing maybe, there. Maybe because if you if they found out you're lying, that's you it. You get dead. shot anyway. Yeah. yeah. So Barry, because he can't decide on anybody else, to uh, he, he can't make a decision upon a group next. He then just starts picking people. One guy protests and gets shot. And Barry, yeah, picks Mike out of spite. It's, and I don't know if it's... I think it's because he challenged his authority. It is definitely. It's because it's because Mike had the cheek and the nerve to try and outrank him. And when, when in reality, in, in this situation, no one's my fucking boss anymore. This is life or death. Like, yeah. No one tells me what to do. So Mike had every right to speak out speak out a line. But that, like you said, that's the only person who you feel he picked out of spite, out of... The, all the other people was just... It's like, right, in, in, in my head, yeah, over 60s, they're past it. That Like, we'll get rid of them first. Sort of natural selection. It, exactly. It's just, but Mike, he picked because it wasn't at random. It was because it was Mike. So that's when you get the impression that he's, he's a cold-blooded killer. Like, he's doing it for his own selfish reasons. Yeah. So at this point, Danny was still hiding as well. And she ends up being able to turn the lights off. And once the lights are off, everybody pegs it and runs. Yeah. The other team start ganging up on Team Barry. So they all start sort of turning over now that they've got the lights on their side and they're in a bigger group because Barry splits them off. Yeah. And it, it's just basically one big sort of like Hunger Games point. Of, you know, they're all starting to kill each other and it's, it's awful to see. Now, at this point, there's only 29 dead by the end of the massive thing so they were one person off and leandra's got 
is it a knife in her hand? Yeah. And she has a chance to kill this big fat guy who was and going she around doesn't. going around killing people and she chooses. No, it's to. like a big metal thing. It was like a guillotine yeah. metal bar, wasn't it? But she has a choice to kill him and they, they announce on the Tanoi that we need one more person dead and she doesn't, which yeah, means that another thirty one people have to die. Yeah, and they just start exploding people by random, so they just start flicking switches. This is what I liked about the film because there were some people I can't remember her name. It was like the big woman, the Peggy. One. She was my favorite. Pe- Peggy, yeah, she was. A, she didn't have too much screen time, but you just got the impression she was a really nice, loving woman. I really liked her. And, and I think this is why this film's effective because I put in my notes, no, not Peggy. Yeah, I, well, I, I put not Keith because Keith gets it. Keith yeah. gets it as well. It's his characters who don't have massive roles, but you've in the time that they've had, they've they've, they've give you enough to go off to make you want to like give you an impression of them. You think, oh, they're nice. So yeah. when. And this film's just so harsh in the way it's like clicking yeah, the fingers, gone. they're gone, that's it. Which is why I think the film's quite effective. Yeah, gone just like that. So the last stage of the test is they've got one hour to kill the most people and the winner gets to leave. Very Hunger Games, very yeah. much fight to the death. And they just start they just start picking people off. Yeah, the, the Team Barry are obviously now all separated. Um, yeah, because not even Team Barry can be together now yeah, because it's... they're like Wendell and Barry are the ones who've killed the most people, so they're trying to outcompete each other. And Barry is obviously odds on favourite being special forces. He's like, he, he started doing the executing. At the, I'm not sure if it's I'm not sure if it went off how many you've already got now or starting from now. No, I think it was how many you've got because it, it read out a score before. Yeah, they so Barry's obviously got himself in an incredible position unknowingly by being the one who was. Executing people these people, off, yeah. yeah. When there was in the lobby scene and he was, yeah, he was shooting people in the back of the head. It is on a massive advantage. But I'm guessing, obviously, once you've killed someone, that's it. Their kills are gone. Like, yeah. So it is last one standing essentially. So Danny and a guy we very barely met at the beginning of the film end up on top of an elevator, and Barry gets into the elevator and goes, like it goes up, and oh god, that elevator scene where it crushes him makes me want to be sick yeah danny survives but again danny survives another very yeah. close death scenario which makes you think she's gonna she, something's gonna happen with her and it also puts De- barry at a disadvantage because at that point he's stuck stuck in an elevator so, and, he, and he knows that he needs to be out killing yeah I, I think i think he worries more because he knows that wendell's a fucking savage guy like yeah no you, remorse you could, yeah you could see it in barry's face when wendell was like a bit knife happy stuff he was thinking like Shit. yeah like whoa steady on do you know what i mean he Wendell was the only one who you got the impression he enjoyed the sport. Everyone else was just doing it to survive, but he was enjoying it. So Wendell and Leandra meet again, and she ends up. Oh God, this bit as well. I turn away at one point because it was so gross. But she ends up bludgeoning him with an axe. So there's like a big showdown. Yeah, and she does not, and she caves his face in, which she, is a satisfying kill. You you actually get a very quick snippet of the axe going into his face. Yeah, so and I it, enjoyed it. Cause it's, it's good. Yeah, exactly. Because it's the villain of the film, it it was a good kill to watch. Yeah, it was it was definitely a good kill. So then they have Molo- like the people are like getting so resourceful, so they're making Molotov cocktails and stuff yeah, like they, that. I loved that they're using pure office supplies to kill. Like, yeah, in it, it'd have been annoying in a film where the, it was based in an office. Like they didn't get creative with the kills they could do, and that they did just using office supplies throughout. Yeah, so Mike and Leandra meet up again, and there's like an inv- there's, there's a scene where he's like, "Well, what are these?" And he's like, "Little rubber, no, little metal." like balls it was the tracking equipment and mike puts them in his pocket he'd been taking them out a of dead bodies. very fucking dangerous game very dangerous but very clever very clever but also very dangerous because i presume they're the ones that weren't you're right yeah 
they're the ones that weren't blown up. So there will only been a few. Yeah. Unless they can blow up again, but I don't know. No, I, th- I think it's one use. I think it had taken out the bodies of the people in the lobby who had been executed. Yeah, and he sticks them in his pocket, but that does mean Because that... the people who, I'm guessing the people who ran the whole thing, they could see on the screens and they had like a big table with a little switch next yeah. to each person's name, which they could flick to activate it. So I'm guessing once they'd seen that person dead, they didn't like their light was turned off. They didn't have to activate it because they're already dead. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I just thought it was very. It is still dangerous because if they see him picking him up, they'll just yeah. flick it and it. But at that point, they then again at that point they don't know who's who's who and who's it's bald. so. But then again, so the way the way I'd think it would run if I was to organise this <laughs> is. So the people, all the names on the table with the switches next to them. Yeah. If you see, and they've all got a light on, meaning they're alive. So if you see, the, so you the ones who are getting shot, so they're not dying from the chip, you'd see they were shot, right, I'll turn their light off because I know they're dead. They don't flip the switch because the bomb's still active, but they don't need to because yeah. they turn the light off saying, yep, they're dead. So that when the next 20 are scheduled to die, they don't start flicking ones off and counting people that are already dead because yeah. then it's a waste. They're, yeah. They're yeah. essentially killing less bodies than they need to. So then... Barry gets out of the elevator this bit, like, absolutely. is. I think this is the only kill he sort of enjoys. So he gets out of the elevator and then there's that really attractive woman standing there and she's like, I know what you want. Yeah. And he's like, he grabs her head and it sort of looks like he's going to, like, give in to her. And then he's like, I don't want to waste a bullet. Yeah, and breaks she, her neck. She offers herself to him and he just says, I can't waste a bullet and then snaps her neck, which Fucking is such a good twist. Jesus. But at this point, Mike and Leandra are in the lobby and Barry ends up shooting she kills Danny because she ends up dropping down back into the yeah. elevator so she just gets she shot gets in the, the head after all the that ground floor the survivor of the film the one who's hid behind and all these tiny little important tasks elevator door opens one shot to the face or to the chest and she's dead and I was that's how I was kind of like she really was pointless like she was she was there to make things happen yeah she was there to make the cogs turn and just make it all make sense which is fine because if, if she wasn't there and these things were happening and I'd be like, so who's turned the lights off then? So how, oh, so what a coincidence this has happened, but... I just think it's interesting. She's new. I think it's sort of like, if we're going to read deep into it, it seems like a bit of a metaphor for the lower class workers, like the people who are high up in the company. They're there behind the scenes, like scrabbling around, making sure all the cogs are turning in an office, but then they just got disposed of and treated yeah, really badly. Yeah, it could be, yeah. So yeah, I saw it as sort of like a metaphor for that. But that's the English teacher within me. So then he ends up shooting Leandra, so... In a chase scene. Yeah, yeah, in a chase scene. And she she was doing so well, but she ends up... But I rate the film for not letting the power couple yeah, live. She, I, I rate that. One of that. them had to die. Yeah. I was surprised it wasn't Mike. That, I suppose it's where it differs from The Hunger Games. Like, in The Hunger Games, they both survive. Yeah. In this one, I thought... Because you get the idea, only one person will walk out of this building. Yeah. So if somehow it had been two, I'd have thought, how would this operation that's obviously been planned for years because people have been working here how would they allow two people to leave so then when when she died i was like it's a shame but i'm glad that the the stuck to the concept of what was happening yeah. and only one person could leave so then there's a big fight scene at the end between mike and barry i just love how the um, belco like advertisement was playing while they were fighting like because yeah. it just reminds you they are in an office like they just went to work for the day it was like stock like stock charts and stuff and, like that you know minus minus wendell 
I feel I do feel sorry for Barry still. Like I do feel bad for him. He, he never he's enjoyed just, anything. No. And you could t- when he was executing them people, he was shouting, "Turn the fucking!" He music did it up. for the greater good. He, yeah, he did it to, to, to. He wasn't just doing it for himself to survive. It was so majority majority of people yeah. could survive. I don't. I I, I sympathise with Barry quite a lot. So once this this is pretty violent as well. Mike ends up caving Barry's head in with a sellotape dispenser. Looks sick. I like sick the projector kill. bit where like it's just this silhouette and you just see the blood dripping from yeah, the cell. Really nice like shot. it was it was well done. But then the shutters unfold and Mike is the last person left. So the guards are there and they pick him up and he's sort of stumbling everywhere. Stumbling from left and at this to right. point, I was like, is it shock? And I was like, I, I, could, I did completely forget he had the... See, I knew and I, I'm glad that I remember because you could see him doing it. He was like stumbling into the guards. Obviously, the guards won't take a second guess because they think, fuck me, this guy's just... in shock, he's been through the middle. But as he's stumbling into him, he's dropping these little microchips into the, into the uniforms. And it was, in the end, we meet the guy who was like leading that experiment and it was an extremist psychological test so it was one where it was like no ethics no for the greater good it's yeah. to understand how the human brain works by putting i him think in. i'd like to know why alfie's face was yeah unless he was one of the people that it happened to possibly yeah like a sore effect yeah like. maybe maybe once like because they couldn't have just let him go yeah i'd like i'd like to think of him as more of like a veteran where he made an inhumane choice, or and he's trying to understand why. He yeah, did it. like he he was, like yeah, you could say I don't know maybe this is obviously just massive speculation, more of a fan fiction, but maybe he was in a war situation where the U.S. Army called in an airstrike on himself, like knowing that he'd die, mm. but it was just it was to stop the enemy advancing or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, something, something to make some him Francis think. Cassavant yeah, shit something from to heroes. make him think like how can someone pull the trigger on on a friendly? Do you know what I mean? That yeah. that type of thing. So then Mike informs him he's quite smug about it and he's used explosives to um, kill the guards and kill the leader, essentially, which was very, Yeah, it's very a really clever. nice scene at the end when it, it, this guy's giving his monologue and he's being very demanding, like, no, you don't ask me questions, you answer my yeah. questions. And then by this point, like when he first comes in, he jumps on the guy and he's like, why, why? Yeah. It's to him, he's dropping a, a microchip in his pocket. Then just jumps to the table, starts smashing all the fucking risky game because he might have hit his own. Yeah. But he starts hitting all the switches and it blows all the guards up. In yeah, the it's air. quite miraculous that he managed to avoid his I own. I think he does take it. a brief look at it, I think. But either way, yeah, he avoids switching his own, which in turn ends up blowing him up and then he enters a full clip. And then you see on the TVs at the end is this this game has been happening at so many different locations. Is he's not the only one. Mm. I, I really liked on all the TV screens, I really liked the um the different scenarios, like some people you could tell had gone completely insane and was walking around with a knife. Yeah. Someone else had a banner up that said, forgive me and stuff like that. And so. it said like stage one of the experiment is complete, it's enabling stage yeah. two. So it was part of the experiment. And then you have to think, oh shit, was, was the, was was the lead just... experiment guy just part of the experiment? Yeah. Like what's going on? Is and it just, does. Is this just a start of it kind of thing? It's a complete mindfuck, but then that gets to the end of the film. Yeah, good film. I enjoyed it. Good I definitely film. Watch I enjoyed it. I did very much. Um, so my behind the scenes footage this week. So what was our budget? Twelve point five million. Five million oh, US dollars. That's not massively off. And what was the box office? Thirty five million. Eleven point one million. Fucking hell. Yeah. So you were closer. Yeah. With if my you'd budget. have re- if you'd have just gone twelve million either side, you'd mm. have done it. So the plot was heavily taken from the Japanese film Battle Royale, which was sort of like um, 
an extremely violent version of the Hunger Games. Yeah. So that's where the Hunger Games got it from as well. So Battle Royale was like the first of its kind to do that. The opening song is a Spanish version of I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor, yeah. which I thought was quite <laughs> did funny. You not, did you not recognise it? Though, yeah, I recognised yeah. it, but I didn't really pay much attention to it. At the beginning, the corn cob doll that is said to bring good luck ultimately ends with Mike. Mm. So Mike has it by the end and it gets passed through people mm. and it ends up with him, which I thought was quite interesting. A similar test was undertaken by Dr. Stanley Milgram, focusing on the conflict between obedience to authority and personal conscience. Authority was massively prevalent and it was frightening the lengths adult would go to to gain authority. Yeah, it was interesting. And then my last one, the body count was 84, which is the highest body count we've got so far in any film. Nice. So 79 were killed in the building, plus the leads of the experiment and the guards. Nice. And those are my fun facts of the week. So this is my would you rather. Now, I thought that you were going to come out like the, the stereotypical one would be, would you have been on Team Barry yeah. or Team Max? So I didn't pick that one. And this one you might have to think about a little bit. But if you could monitor anywhere in the world with CCTV, where would you monitor? Area 51. That's a good one. How about yourself? Mm. Taylor Swift's the house, Warren, you could find the... a way in. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Warren Museum. Yeah? Yeah. But do you not think that's just going to be... Yeah, but can you imagine shitting your pants every time there's a slight movement and being like, fuck! <sighs> yeah, but I think you'd be after something that's... that's like, all you're going to play off is millimetres of movement. That's what I need. Whereas Area 51, like, you could just see how dodgy it is and what actually goes on. I know, but you picked Area 51, so I can't pick it as well. Yeah, I'd go with Area 51 just to see, like, what actually goes on behind there. It's just, again, it's just the the mind wants to see what we're not allowed to see, what we shouldn't see, like, Mm. the unknown. So I think think that's what I'd I'd want. I'm surprised that you came up with that so quickly. Yeah, me too, actually. But yeah, Area 51. It's quick. What's your film for next week? So my film for next week, I decided to go with a sort of, I don't know, slasher thing next week. So we are going to be watching Urban Legend. Right, never seen it. This was the first horror film I ever watched. What, well, when was it made? A while ago. It's not old, old. It's a good slasher, though. Sorted. So, see you. There's no midweek episode. No midweek episode this week, so we will see you on Monday. See you Monday. Bye.